Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Tanya Haig. Tanya Haig is a passionate advocate for protecting children from harm. Through her work as co-founder of Parents Against Child Sex Abuse, or PAXA, Tanya identified a need to elevate parents' voices addressing child protection. After five years taking on one of the toughest epidemics impacting children, Tanya has disrupted the child protection space, launching the hashtag Kids2 movement in November 2021. Beyond the hashtag, Kids2 builds on child sex abuse, online safety, and child poverty. Tanya's commitment to this work reflects her tenacity in solving for these areas. Well, good afternoon, Tanya. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. And, and Tanya, again, I think we're kindred spirits. We shared some time behind the mic before we hit the record button. But I love um, TEDx speakers because I've learned every TEDx I've listened to, and I've listened to probably a thousand, is I love the messages and the speakers that get up there and, and present their material to a, really a global audience, right? We live in a digital sure. world. So thank you for everything you've done. And I appreciate you jumping on. And we're going to jump right into the questions here. So Tanya, let's talk a little bit about your career. You've had an amazing career in uh, marketing, advertising. You're a serial entrepreneur. And now you're the CEO of Parents Against Child Sex Abuse, or known as PAXA, and founder of Kids2. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Okay, thanks for the question. One of my favorites and one that I have to be very succinct about because there are a lot of routes I can go to answer this question. Uh, but first and foremost, Brian, it starts with having a vision. So since I can remember from my own childhood, I always dreamed big, had a lot of ideas. And my parents would always say to me, we didn't really know what to do with all of those ideas. Uh, so even when I felt like I didn't have support for my ideas, I never let that get in the way. And having vision and big ideas and surrounding myself with the people who support me in my ideas, and in this case, my spouse, my husband, uh, certainly helps um, along with, you know, having a roadmap on how to deliver on my vision, whatever that component of my vision might be. They're not always so linear, but I do try to really lean into what's being presented in front of me and evaluate things strategically and feel into my decisions to, to help me get there. Um, but I will say that the vision piece, the roadmap, always, I've always been uh, very goal-oriented starting with just very foundational, like New Year's resolutions. I'm that person. Um, I've always had goals. And last but not least, one of my, um, I guess, secrets um, that's pretty much known for those who've worked with me is an, I'm an absolute ninja when it comes to execution. So it's great to have ideas and you're at 20,000 foot level to let what I call landing the plane um, in execution is critical to be able to, you know, see your vision come to life. I love that. And, and what's really interesting is the fact that you do, you're one of those planners, you've got your vision, you've got things that you need to get in a certain, you know, chronological or sequential order and, and you get things done. And I like that. So thank you for sharing. I do appreciate I did, that. I didn't, I didn't share with you what inspires me though. Can I answer that one? Still? Yeah, ab absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. Oh my gosh. I'm also... I, I seek inspiration from so many places. And the older I get, the more I'm into my 
my projects the more I I literally will travel for inspiration, which is how it got me to New York City, where I'm I'm recording this with you right now. I'm Chicago based, but um there's something happening here that I drew me in and I needed inspiration and I needed to meet this one person and I'm here and I'm doing it. And it's I was like, yep, it's exactly what I needed to get from this experience. But basically what inspires me, Brian, there's so many things, but at the core, I'm going to say to you, it's people, it's humanity. I love meeting people. Um, it can be someone who is, could be the valet driver. It could be someone in the subway. It doesn't matter where my Uber drivers, I love my Uber drivers. I always engage in conversation. I always come out of it learning something new or getting a kernel of inspiration and I'm off to my destination. So we'll say that um, connecting with people is really important to me and I'm really motivated by other people's stories and their struggles and how um, perhaps they've been able to overcome. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I, I always say this, but people are really what inspire me. And, and if I, um, as we jumped on earlier this evening, you know, just getting to meet somebody new and we talked about some of your background and your TEDx and so forth is, is that's what really gets me going. And, and I've told every guest, I think on the show that people are, are really what get, get me going in the, in the morning. So thank you for sharing that. And so we're going to jump a little bit about technology. Uh, we're a technology platform, but wanted to ask how you feel technology impacted child safety during the pandemic. And did you see any trends take place um, and kind of to follow up mm-hmm. that, you know, how did the pandemic in- impact your business strategy? Yeah. So thanks for the question. So for those of you who may not be uh, as familiar with PAXA and now Kids 2. We launched Kids 2 a few months ago uh, to really be a response to what's happening right now in the landscape of online safety in the context of child protection. And what really blew the doors open of this topic of online safety and child protection has been the pandemic and the children having more access to technology, all of us having more access to technology. I think I looked at this one report that said um, that the use of um, digital platforms went from 40% to 100%. This was by the U.S. National Library of Medicine, where they were assessing the impact of COVID-19 in the digital age. So we all know that, you know, we know that from our own personal experience and the data that usage increased. And that includes children, especially because of the educational platforms or schools pivoting to virtual, right? So before parents had a lot more limitations and limits for their children, how to use the iPad, when to use the iPad, then next thing you know, kids had a lot more access on a regular basis. So we uh, we rolled out Kids Two first as a movement, and now we've evolved it as a broader organization name where we can tackle on these child protection issues. Uh, so huge, huge, huge lift with respect to some of these um, these safety concerns. And as a parent, like I mentioned to you, I lived it, and also doing developing other presentations for some other partners in the nonprofit sector that deal with exploitation and child exploitation. Um, I did this one presentation called Drop the Emojis 
um, you know, how and why dangers, social media dangers are real for children. And what happens is that with more access to the iPad, gives the kids more access to games and social media platforms. And the data shows that children, uh, by having easy access to these platforms and connecting with strangers or, or even just using it as a way to be more vulnerable with people that they don't even know they're having a bad day, you know, they're talking about the stress at school, something bad's happening at home. Well, then that's drawing in, you know, predators to exploit those vulnerabilities that usually it's, you know, mom and dad are talking about it with their kid at nighttime, they had a stressful day at school, or they're being bullied, or they're dealing with drama. So that's a lot of what we saw during the pandemic. That's really put us to work. So I would say that is kind of what we saw from a technology perspective, and then in connection to evolving to this kids two umbrella, um, and continuing to do the work around online safety, and we've made resources available for parents. Um, from an organizational perspective, we've had to pivot like a lot of other nonprofit organizations. So most organizations uh, tend to rely on in-person events, whether it's to sell in a program, to have a fundraiser. Uh, there's so many aspects that are tangible that are in connection to a service being provided by a nonprofit organization and we're no different. So we had to do so many tests to see, okay, is our audience ready now for an in-person event or not? How do we continue to leverage our digital platforms? Because we've always wanted to be where parents are and to provide information when they need to find it. And parents work odd hours. Parents have different types of schedules parents juggle a lot of things. So we want to be able to make it easy for them to find at their fingertips when they need our resources. Um, but yeah, that evolution was really, really choppy. Um, like many nonprofits impacted um, just how much revenue or how much, you know, how many funds they raised every year. But we also grew a lot and new opportunities came from it, which is really the silver lining through all of this. Thank you for sharing. And you know, we, this platform has over the last two years has talked a lot about the pivots everybody had to make during um, the pandemic. So thank you. So Tanya, again, a little bit technology here. You obviously have a passion for how new and emerging technologies impact children and child safety. Um, do you have any tech or social media tips that people can use to ensure they have a safer online experience? Yes. Thank you. Uh, I definitely do have some tips, <laughs> both as an adult and not child related and child related, because when we were pulling together some data, we saw that there were some trends increasing about just overall users, adult users being more stressed out through some of these platforms, just given some of the harassment that can can happen. So we love the positive nature of technology in that it brings people together from around the world, helps um, you know, nurture relationships with people that you do know. There's so many positive aspects to technology, but we all know we've lived it, Brian, where there have been some really stressful times. So as I was getting ready for this conversation with you, I wanted to uh, first and foremost um, empower adult users, us and, and your listeners where, um, and this is also has to do with my prior life, really working much more in, in social media strategy and personal branding. It's all intersecting here where 
you know, I strongly encourage everyone to leverage the controls that are available through whatever tech platform or social media platform that you use. Um, so it's like take control and use the controls available. And what I mean by that is, you know, the blocking features, the reporting features, the list goes on and on. I can get into, you know, you can choose, you have a choice with Instagram. You can go use the private setting where you, you can really curate the folks that follow you. But then when you are in a public Instagram profile, because that's what I do, and I'm still being very careful about what I'm sharing with myself, those are all choices I make. I am very much in control. And I'm not posting the location or every single step that I'm taking in my travels. So it makes it obvious to the rest of the world that my house might be empty in that moment. So I'm very careful and cautious and use all the controls that I have available to limit any dangers or risks or any toxicity that might kind of be coming through some of these platforms. Um, and then from a kid's perspective, it's very, very similar, except parents, um, platforms have kind of designed a lot of tools to put the onus on parents um, to manage these platforms, which I do have an issue with, but I don't want to expand too much on that. But I will say in the meantime, parents can really speak to their own children about the features, what to do, have conversation of inappropriate questions or personal questions starts coming at them. But right now, Brian, my favorite feature is shutting down the chat from games like Roblox because the chat is an opportunity for a complete stranger to ping a child that just wants to have a good time with his or her friends on the game. But the chats across the board in the work that we've done, the chat feature is what really opens the doors for predators to start pursuing children, whether they're pretending to be kids or asking questions or start complimenting them. That's typically called the grooming process. You may have heard of it. So anyway, that's, that's really my go-to um, pro tip especially when it comes to children. Thank you. And, and that's important. You know, I know you're in this business every day, so it might be second nature for you to do these things and, and share these ways to help uh, be more safe online or whatever app you're on. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much. And then Tanya, last question here. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in entrepreneurship? Hmm. Okay. So it's, that's another terrific question. Um, it's a terrific question because there's so many ways we can go to answer this one. <laughs> but if I had to choose a theme for your audience and in this conversation with you, it would be, and it kind of brings our conversation full circle, Brian, about people. I recommend that folks align themselves with great people great partners, and great service providers, and to never settle for less. So if you're feeling that you're not getting what you expected from a consultant that you hired, or an employee that you decided on, or you name it, your accounting firm isn't doing the job, do not settle. There are so many more of each category that I listed that can meet your needs and not just meet them. You want to strong yourself with the best so you can thrive because entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. It is very difficult. You have to motivate yourself every single day 
to bring your vision and your business or your nonprofit to life. So when things get tough, if you've got the right people in place, it'll help you with those bumps or the curbs on the road to get to overcome because there are going to come no matter what. You just don't know what they are. But if you're surrounded with yourself with all these great people, then you'll have a much better chance at success. Thank you. And again, we talked about this early on, Tanya, is people are the center of everything. It's foundational relationships uh, and people and, and, and really uh, nurturing those. Um, so I appreciate, again, your time, the gems you've shared with us and our audience uh, tonight. So thank you again. And Tanya, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thanks so much, Brian. Bye for now. Bye.